a very happy new year in 2022. And I want to begin by thanking the church today for praying for our family missions trip that we just came back from. Um, as you heard from Lori and Amanda, the weather was challenging. It, it made the construction very difficult and VBS difficult. And isn't it great to know that we serve a great God who hears our prayers? And I sincerely believe that your prayers led that gentleman to open up his room and for Amanda to find it and, and, and to, to have VBS for the children. And I've got to tell you, I believe with all my heart that it is the prayers that were offered up that kept us safe in the comings and the goings to Takate. And the slippery uh, ground made the wood that we were climbing up on the roof very slippery. And it was hazardous to work in. And everyone came back safely. No one lost a finger. <laughs> no eyes got poked out. Um, we all came back. I, I will admit, I'm a little sore um, because we did a lot of hammering and sawing. But I, I will tell you, it has changed my life. And um, I also want to just let you know that I encourage you, um, I, I endorse this trip, and I exhort you that when the opportunity comes again, that today my prayer is that you will decide that you want to go on this trip. It is that amazing and that good. Um, and, uh, and if you haven't started yet, get your passport. <laughs> That's so important. If you don't have that, you can't go. Otherwise, it's, it's, a, it's a trip that will change your life. And I am a testimony to that life change. And so as I was there in Tecate, and we were working, and in the evening we were fellowshipping, and, and I got a chance to, to think about the sermon that I was going to preach today. Um, and, and there was a beautiful message of epiphany, because that's what we're going to celebrate today, um, that came through the family mission trip and my experience and the experience that we all had and the people that we met while we were there. So today, what I want to do is I, I want to share a message of epiphany with you and tie in this experience that we all had in Tecate. What a great way to end 2021. You know, 2021 was a challenging year for many people. But when you end it well, like we did, I believe it's a great way to start the new year. Great endings cause great beginnings. And I'm looking forward to beginning this new year with you all today. And so today, I, I want to share with you, uh, just recap what we've been going through. We've just spent four weeks of Advent as, as, as we were preparing and talking about the preparations of our own heart for Christ to come. And that's what Advent is all about. The word Advent literally means the coming and the arriving of, uh, of Jesus. And we prepare our hearts for this beautiful time that celebrates the birth of Jesus. But it also prepares us for the second coming of Christ and gets our hearts ready for that time to come. Advent was wonderful because it kept our eyes focused on Jesus during the busiest and craziest time of the year when there are so many distractions all around. And it's so easy to lose track of the fact that Christmas is about Christ. 
And so we really live into Advent. And when we live into Advent that way, instead of singing all the, the songs like Mele Kalikimaka and, and, and you know, White Christmas, which are great songs to sing, we can focus in on singing the songs where the true heart of Christ is birthed and, and comes forth. And we can watch TV shows like Elf and It's a Wonderful Life and, and, and be, be, you know, enjoy the entertainment aspects of Christmas. But we can come back to the Christmas story and, re, and remember that it's all about Jesus. And so that's what Advent does for us. It prepares us to get our hearts ready for Christmas and reminded that Jesus came to bring the hope and the peace and the love and the joy into our world when he was born. But we stand here at the start of a brand new year and when we look back over our shoulder, do you know what we see? We see Advent in the rearview mirror. Advent is behind us now. The coming has come. And now we are here at Epiphany. And so the word Epiphany means the appearing. Epiphany is the showing up. Epiphany is, is when, when the coming has come and, and we have celebrated that. And now we are celebrating the fact that Jesus is here. He has been born and he is with us. Today our passage of Scripture comes from Matthew chapter 2. And I've asked John Langstrat if he would come and read from that. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn to it. It'll be up on the screen as well too. And, and, and here in Matthew chapter 2, there are different epiphanies that show up. And I want you to listen to the passage of Scripture and see if you can identify the different things that appear in this passage of Scripture. John, thanks for helping us read the passage. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has, come, who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. The word of the Lord. 
Did, did you hear the appearance of certain things in that passage of Scripture? The appearing of the star, right, that led the Magi to Jesus. The appearing of the Magi, these, these three men from the east who had no connection to, to, to Jesus at all. They weren't, I, you know, some would say that they weren't even um, followers of Christ. They, they, they were from a different a place and believed differently, but they were well learned and they were looking for the coming king. And then there was the appearance of God in the flesh. The, the appearance of Jesus coming into this world. Epiphany celebrates the fact that God showed up. And Jesus is not a transcendent God that's far removed from us, that we worship from afar. Jesus is imminent. He's close. He's here and he's near. And as we have read from Matthew chapter 2, and we find that Jesus has arrived and he has shown up, the question that I have for you is, now what? Now what? Jesus is here. Now what? Right? Christmas is done. And this week, many of you will be taking down all of the lights, We're going to be putting away the trees and storing them in boxes and putting them away. Now what? Do we just go back to life as normal before Christmas began when we took down the boxes and unwrapped the tree and put all of it up? Are we looking forward to just getting back to normal? Epiphany says no way. Because when Jesus shows up, nothing stays the same. When we read our story that John read for us, we find a couple of characters in that story. And we find that when Jesus showed up, everything began to change. Just just ask Herod and ask the Magi. The message of Epiphany is that when Jesus shows up, Everything changes. And it was changing for Herod. Because when he heard about this brand new king that was born, he he was afraid. Right? The passage of scripture says that he was disturbed and, and all Jerusalem was disturbed with him. Herod wasn't happy about Jesus' epiphany. Herod didn't want any rivals. Herod thought that there should only be one king and that was him. And he was disturbed with the news of the epiphany of a new king. The arrival of a new king. Why would he be so scared of a brand new baby that was born? It's because Herod realized and he knew that there was a possibility that the world could drastically change for him. This new king could literally shake the foundations of the earth where in his world, nothing would be the same. He realized that. And so, what does he do? He calls the Magi, and he says, will you, will, will you come and go for me and find this new king? And when you find this new king, come back and let me know so that I can worship him. <laughs> we all know that was a lie. He was not interested at all in worshiping the new king. He was interested in getting rid of the new king. 
And when the Magi found this new king and told Herod where he was, Herod would go and take care of business because he was not interested in any rivals. So the Magi leaves Herod and follow the star, the epiphany of the star, the appearance of the star. And when they find Jesus, they bow down and worship. And through their treasury, they open it up and they offer Jesus gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And in a dream they had, they were warned about Herod's plan. And I love how this story ends for the Magi. And it says that when they realized that, they went back home via a different And this returning home to a different route is a very integral part of this story. It's very intentional, and we'll come back to that in just a moment. But I want to remind you that when Jesus shows up, everything changes. It was changing for Herod. And and here's the thing. Herod didn't want anything to change. He wanted to keep things just the way they were. And so he tries to stop all of the changes that are about to take place. And he lies, and he schemes, and he tries to put into place plans that will lead him to where this new king is so he can take care of business. But when his initial plans fail, and the Magi realize in a dream that Herod was up to no good, they leave and return home in a different route. And when Herod realizes that he was outwitted by the Magi, he goes to plan B. And plan B was even worse than plan A. Plan B wrecked wreaked violence and death <laughs> way beyond the killing of one baby. And so in Matthew chapter 2 verse 16 it records this. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem in its vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time he learned from the Magi. I cannot imagine the world during this time. What an awful time to be a little boy in Bethlehem. And Herod did all that he could to fight the changes that were coming. But Herod learned something that I think we all know. And that is this. You can't fight God and win. You just can't. He didn't know it at the time. But he learned a lesson, just as we all do, that God's plans are beyond ours. And Herod learned that the hard way. And the Magi, who I want to just highlight a little bit more, the Magi, they were learned people. They were intelligent, because even though they they weren't even from the tribe of Israel, they were from far east, They, they had the same scripture, they heard the stories, and when they saw the star in the sky, they followed it. And they were actively looking 
before this new king. And when they found the king, their lives changed. Now, we don't know too much more about the Magi. History or, 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 or um, history and, 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 and maybe tradition have given them names and ascribed them places that they may have come from. Honestly, I don't think we know any of this stuff. But this is what we do know. Because it's in Scripture. We do know that they went home via a different route. They took a new path after they encountered Jesus. That's how their lives change. They didn't go home the same way. And this is not some coincidence. This is very intentional. And what a great message for us as we start a brand new year. That when Jesus shows up and things change, we change. And that leads us in a new path forward. And so the question that I asked you before is still a question that, that, that lingers. Now what? Now what? Will we, will we respond to the epiphany of Jesus in our lives like Herod? And try to thwart the changes that God wants to make in us? Or will we be like the Magi? Will we fight to keep things normal? Or will we allow the preparations of Advent to impact us and allow God to create something new in our hearts with epiphany and the appearing of Jesus even in our own lives? The family mission trip that we just returned from gave me this beautiful picture of epiphany in a brand new way. And I want to introduce someone to you that we met while we were in Tecate. This is Maria Gonzalez. She is one of the new homeowners that um, received a home that was built. And there's the home right behind her. Maria Gonzalez and her family were promised and given good news that they would receive a home two years ago. In fact, I have a bio sheet, and I'm going to put the bio sheet up for you. You can't hardly see it, so I'll kind of share it with you and read what it says. There's a picture of Maria and her husband, Brandon, off to the side there, and they were holding a one-year-old little boy, Brandon Jr. And on this sheet, it says the Gonzalez Ortega family will be receiving a new home built by Mission Church of the Nazarene, right there. And the Gonzalez family, they live in an area called Cerro Azul, which means the Blue Hills. It's a community there in Tecate. And this is a little bit about the family. Brandon is 25, that was two years ago, and he lives with his wife, Maria. And they have a son, Brandon, who was one years old. And Brandon and Maria work in a mango factory plant, and collectively they earn about $133 a week. They're living on land that was given to them by their family, and they live in two structures that are in poor condition. And uh, the house that we built spanned the gap between the two structures. The walls and the roof were made of plywood, and the floor is dirt. And their home will help 
uh, their home will help them have more space and security with doors and windows and a cement floor and protect them from the elements. And it says this at the end, thank you for building hope in the lives of this beautiful family. This is wonderful. Maria. Oh. So every year, Mission Church partners with Amor Ministries. And Amor does a great job of putting all of this together so we can show up and do the work that, uh, that is there before us. And um, knowing that it's taken two years, which is much longer than it normally would because, obviously, of COVID, it's taken two years for Maria and her husband, Brandon, to receive this home. And... Uh, and, and COVID postponed it for two years. And, and I began to think about this whole situation of Maria and her family and her life. It's kind of like Advent. Think about that. What is Advent? Good news of the coming of hope that will change your life. Well, what did Maria have two years ago? Good news. Because people are coming they're going to build a home that will give you safety and security. And what a great hope to look forward to. And when she got the news, she didn't know it was going to take two years, obviously. But COVID hit and everything was pushed back. And in that two-year span, a lot of things happened. Life happened. Maria and Brandon had a second child, a little daughter, And then I have sad news to share with you. Maria and Brandon, they separated. And so when we arrived, it was just Maria and her two children. And Maria's family, her dad was there as well too. And we got to meet him. And it kind of reminded me of this one important thing that sometimes we, we take for granted or we don't even think of. That when Jesus was born into this world, he was born into the world full of hurt, full of brokenness. He was born into a world that was just like the world that Maria lived in. Jesus didn't come into a world that was perfect. He came for people like Maria, for people like you, and for people like me. A world full of pain and hurt and brokenness. But the good news for Maria was that hope was still on its way. And there were signs of this hope that was to come. Because the crews from Amor, you know what they did? They began to bring over the building materials and leave it at Maria's home where she had to store it. And I don't know how long it was there. It might have been there for quite a while. Weeks, maybe months. And there was a lot of material to build that house. Two-by-fours, plywood, roofing material, chicken wire, all kinds, tons of nails, and then this huge tool chest. And so what do you do with all of this that's being delivered over to your home when it's not very secure of a place? Well, you put it inside your home. And to keep everything safe, Maria put everything in and slept around it. And through that, she kept all of the materials secure. 
And then they said to Maria, on December 4th, some people are going to come and lay the foundation for your home. And sure enough, on December 4th, a crew from Mission Church got to Maria's home and there was a plot of land that, that they had set aside to build this new home and, and the, the crew came with shovels and two-by-fours and they, they built a frame and began to dig a footing and then other people came and began to mix the cement and then they began to pour the cement into this, this, this frame and people were screeding it. I was screeding it. <laughs> And in about three hours, a brand new slab was built for Maria. And then they told Maria, on December 28th, another crew is going to come and build a home on this property. And that day came for Maria. On December 28th, another crew from Mission Church came and they unloaded and began to unpack and began to saw and hammer and build in two days, a brand new home for Maria. And the advent of two years of waiting for the coming of hope has arrived. Epiphany. The home is there. It's arrived. And so the question that I had for you earlier is, now what? Now what for Maria? What is she going to do? You know what Maria could have done? She could have ignored this new house and continued to live in the shanty that she was living in with the dirt floors and the plywood where when the wind blew, you could feel the cold in the air. She could do that and just live life as normal before all this started. But why would she do that when she has a brand new house to live in? I know for a fact that when Dean handed the keys over to her and I saw her eyes well up with tears and mine did as well. Because what a great joy that is for this young, beautiful lady with two children to receive a brand new home. Why would she not move in and enjoy the fullness of what that home offered her? She did. I can guarantee you right now, she is living in that new home. The epiphany, the arrival of that new home. And so today, that same message is for all of us here today. We have lived through the advent of Jesus' coming. We have talked about the hope and the peace and the joy and the love that Jesus came to bring. And when we look in our rearview mirror, we see Advent is behind us because Epiphany is here. Jesus is born. And now what? Are we going to just go and live life back to normal again? As you put away all of the decorations this week and you put them back into boxes and shove them up in storage, are you going to go back to living life as normal? Or is there a new normal for us? A new normal that Jesus came to bring. A new normal that puts us in the new house that, that you can live in. That Jesus is arrived. Jesus is here. The house is built. Are you going to ignore the house and go back to what you had? Or are you going to live into this life that Jesus has for us 
to live in. Oh, that is the message of what Epiphany is all about. We have that similar choice. Emmanuel, God with us, has shown up. And there is a new normal for every single person. And it doesn't matter if you're a brand new believer or if you've been believing for all your life. God brings to us a new reality moment by moment. If you are someone in Christ, you're a new creation. That new creation is continually made new all the time. The foundation that you stand on, is it one that is firm on Jesus? Are the walls of your life protecting you from the things of this world? The roof over your head, your found, what, what is it that protects you? At Epiphany, we find Jesus here. And we can choose to be like Herod and not want any changes in our lives and be the king of our own throne. Or we can be like the Magi who when you are confronted with the new reality of Jesus in your life, find a new way forward. So as you put the Christmas decorations away for another year, you have a choice to make. And my prayer is that epiphany will take hold in your heart. And I invite the worship team to come up. The worship team is going to sing a song. It's called Beautiful Things. And the chorus of this song has these words. You make beautiful things. You make beautiful things out of dust. You make beautiful things. You make beautiful things out of us. And I reflect on the building of this home in Tecate, out of the dust came a brand new home and God made that. And in your home, may God make beautiful things out of us. Let's pray. Father in heaven, let us not waste this new year ahead of us by just reverting back to normal, by fighting the changes, Lord God, that you would desire to create in us. Because you make beautiful things. Make it out of us. Make it out of me, I pray.